Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Christian Levalsi. Christian has rich experience in business, entrepreneurship, commercialization, and mergers and acquisitions. His experience is diverse across many industries and continents. Welcome, Christian. Thank you very much, Shahid. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. It's my honor, my friend. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy. It's, it's great to have you here. It's my pleasure indeed. But you are a business growth expert, right? Apparently. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. I love it. How much of it is mindset? Almost all of it. <laughs> oh, beauty. We're going to be best friends. Awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So were you always into mindset stuff? How did you get into coaching? How did you get into helping businesses? Long story short, I had an interesting career. I started off in, in hospitality, working tables and learning the craft of being a chef. Um, and I studied with the Swiss Hotel Association and did Le Cordon Bleu and then traveled the world, played professional sport. I was always really busy, and uh, but proper busy, not busy, busy that people lament about and then never take action on anything. Yeah. I guess that was my career. Then I got a break to get into marketing slash private equity. I did two and a half years as an inter or intern the first year, then full-blown consultant, learned the craft and art of negotiations, uh, mm. looked at acquisitions, and then started my entrepreneurial journey after that. Around 24, I, I started my first business in the food industry. And within seven years, I had 15 businesses operating. Eight were restaurants and bars and oh, wow. a couple of catering companies. And we were doing about 31 million at the time. So this was Amazing. 2008. Yeah. And then we created webmenu.com which was one of the first ever food search engines in the world, well before Uber and Uber Eats. Sorry, Uber Eats. It was just about the time that Menulog had started and we were, we were direct competitive. We had a some VC on the table and then the GFC hit. So all the venture capital money got sucked out and I had invested a lot of my own money in that venture and me and my partners couldn't sustain it. And at the same time, there was a squeeze. I overextended myself. I became homeless. I lived couch surfing. So I went from semi-retired to basically living on the street, couch surfing. And I then went on an adventure. What year was free. that? That was 2010. So wow, 12 years ago. Yeah. And then started a, an energy startup with a person that I had been on the executive connection with. And we started with a hundred grand of working capital and turned that into a very sizable national energy, renewable energy company within two and a half years. Then I went off on my own and started a energy management firm. And, and subsequently I had media companies previously as well. So I really did the entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur thing 
but I did it without too much thinking. I just did it. And, and it wasn't until later on in my career around 2013 that I realized I need to sort this out because I can't keep opening stuff, getting it to the top and then wanting to leave. And so then stupidly, I got back into hospitality. A friend of mine passed away. I had some, a really interesting experience at that time and I didn't know what to do and I was finding myself because I'd never really dealt with the shock of losing everything. So I've always been capable of making money, but, and I always looked after my people, but I couldn't put all of these bits and pieces together, Shahid. So I, I found my purpose in life. I went on a really big discovery and that's why my strat line is live with purpose. I, I generally live, genuinely live with purpose in an authentic place every day and embarked on a brand new journey. Again, trying to find my way, found my way, became a adjunct professor at a Sandstone University, became the inaugural entrepreneur and resident at a Sandstone University. We raised $189 million in one year, in less than one year, became one of the fastest growing incubators. I can't take all the credit. 80% of the credit goes to the amazing startups and the founders, and the other 10% of the credit goes to the team. Another 10%, 5% goes to the mentors, and I'll claim about 2%, and the rest was the university. At the end of the day, it was at that moment that I had a tipping point in my life and I went, I'm really good at helping other people. I want to go back to my grassroots of private equity and consulting. So I sold. I had At this point, I had another 15 companies and it was very clever because I sold all the bricks and mortar businesses before COVID. We're talking the year before COVID, like 2019, bang, I exited and in April. And everyone was like, what have you done? You've just called this. And I started my advisory firm. Now the advisory firm is seven figures. And I promised myself that I would only have one business. And unfortunately, I couldn't help myself. So I'm at my 80th startup now. And I haven't failed for a long time. So it's been about five or six years and we've been growing. And we've got about 80, 82 people now across the group. And in, in advisory, we advise almost $2 billion worth of companies. It's pretty cool fun. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, and now we've adopted the model of one to many. I ran out of time. My EA and her PA don't have time to manage my life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that today, Tracy came in and grabbed me a few times and said, hey, Christian, I need you. And it's, I know you're back to back. And back to back in my world was 12 coaching clients in a row, one-on-one. Started at 4.30 this morning and it's a very long day, but Shahid, I love what I do. I'm very blessed that I get the opportunity to do it. And more importantly, I get to live vicariously through my customers. And I have, I'm an independent chairman of six companies. I take all my roles and responsibilities very seriously, and I'm always learning. So if I'm not learning from them, I'm in a book learning. But a lot of my work comes from being a practitioner as opposed to a bookworm. I did go back to uni. I went to uni in 2015 because I thought it was time. That was one of the transformation. I thought it was time to see if all the hype about theory was correct. And that's when I discovered that there's a real, there's a real gap in education. There's not a lot of practitioners at a master's level and the whole North American model that you have to have a PhD to, to teach masters and beyond. 
I always found quite archaic, and I can see lots of universities, Harvard, Stanford, are changing that now. They're bringing in practitioners to teach, not even as adjuncts, as proper professors. Amen, congratulations. No wonder why they're the best two universities in the world, at least in their business schools. And that's one of my big dreams. One day I'd love to be a fellow or a, or a professor teaching at one of those universities. I don't know why. There's this, People always ask me why. And I think it's just, I think you've made it when you're representing the caliber of educators at a university like that. But it's the caliber of people that you're getting to teach. That's something that's always interested me. And, and yeah, I, as I said, I went back to uni. I did my MBA. I was told my whole life I was stupid and I was always very scared of going to back to uni and I ended up getting golden keys. And in, in much to the disgust of half of my friends now that are, were my professors, they're like, Christian, did you actually ever read a book during your MBA? I said, I read enough to give you substance and to give you the referencing that you required. But I know that the reason you love my work is because it was original. It was real lived experience. And tying it back to theory. And honestly, I believe that going back to uni was one of the greatest gifts that I'd ever had. It did It did complement. It did complement everything that I'd learned and it made me better. A lot of people ask me as an entrepreneur, do you, you know, is education important? Absolutely. But you got to go and get educated when you're ready. I think put, trying to push young people through education from the moment they leave school is is you're probably leaving a lot on the table for creativity and innovation and disruption because we're not teaching these kids to fail forward. We're boxing them up and saying, here, go continue rope learning. And then when you leave, you won't remember anything. And then you're not going to get to apply it for 10 or 15 years. Now, obviously, the medical profession, the legal profession, those engineering, you need the the foundations. But in business, I'm referring in business, and I should probably clarify that earlier. I think in business, it's important to get out there and learn. Yeah. And as kids, when we have our imagination and we're really heavy on imagination and we start school, it decreases. But so the kids have some phenomenal ideas if you just listen to them and see that creative power that human beings have, I believe, and don't no disrespect to education, right? Like I, I think it's a phenomenal foundation, but... You know, that creativity is something that when we, if we actually lived with it throughout our life and utilized it on purpose, not in a reactive state, I think we would be seeing a lot more inventions, a lot more innovations from where we are today. I think you're spot on. You know, we talked to, with the beginning of the conversation, you asked me how important mindset was. And I think the first mindset that's actually really important, Caroline Dwight talks a lot, talks a lot about growth mindsets and fixed mindsets mm. and her research as simple as it is, is factual and, and the great thing is now in schools especially in Australia we are teaching growth mindsets but I think we leave a lot on the table but at least we've started the conversation I think the biggest thing that we need to teach people and the biggest skill that we need to teach them is focus Right, And I think Tony Robbins sums it up better than anyone where focus goes, energy flows. And I'm not a massive, prolific Tony Robbins happy clapper, right? But I do think that Robbins has done a lot of good in changing the 
professional development landscape. And I think he's an incredible human being. I've been to AUPW in my life, and i got to say it's the most incredible thing I've ever been to in terms of just what a show he puts on. Yeah. But it's this concept of focus, and mm. he touches on it. But if I had to give your audience one key takeaway to success, it's focus. And probably all your audience is saying, hang on a minute. You've had 80 startups. You consult thousands of companies and you have so many businesses. How is it that you focus? Shahid, your brain's a muscle and you can train it to be bigger. And this is not bullshit. This is science. No, it's not. And I've been doing, I had, we interviewed, I got the opportunity to interview Dr. John Martini on my podcast from the world, the boat that he lives on. And he's a phenomenal human. And he has invested 20 years, 30,000 books he's read to become experts in how the brain thinks. And we were off air afterwards and I actually thought he needed to go. And out of respect, I kept trying to stop the conversation. And we stayed on for about an hour and it was phenomenal. I, I probably got the best lesson of my life on how to think. Yeah. And again, so it focus. An art. Yeah. Well, focus is so important, but focus is what you make it. It's like balance. Mm. Balance is the most overused word on the planet, right? Balance is different to you. It's different to me. I have a beautiful family, an amazing wife, and I couldn't do what I do without her. And why? Because I wouldn't have, be able to bring all that love and attention into our house, the support and all of those things. It's true what they say behind every great man, there is a greater woman. And for me, that is spot on. And I have the privilege of working with a lot of women. 82% of my clients are women. 95% of my workforce is female. My companies are all female-led with the exception of my advisory firm, which is led by me. And one of the reasons is women have an incredible growth mindset because of this notion of the mental load, right? They've got to be busy. They're able to do multiple things, even though multitasking sucks. Like it is the worst thing you can do. Women are so used to doing it automatically that when you narrow their focus, they are unstoppable. And if us men can learn that unstoppable trait, then we'll be able to compete with them. And, and it sounds like I'm giving us men a hard time, but I'm not. Oh, I am. And I've been surrounded by lots of incredible women who have helped me focus. So again, focus doesn't mean a singular notion on one thing. It can be a singular notion on one thing, but you're doing 10 things at the same time, but not at the same time, if that makes sense. You need to provide focused attention on a task and be really specific to that task. Like a goal. Yeah, like a goal. A smart goal, let's be more specific. You know, having a goal can be incredibly broad. And most people, what is it? What's the stats? Like something like 10% of people that set goals, no, 10% of people set goals. And have only written it or something. Yeah. Yeah. And only 3% actually ever achieve it. And the biggest reason why they don't achieve it is they start with a BHAG. So Jim Collins's concept of a big, hairy, audacious goal. And they, they start with this BHAG, but they never narrow it down. They never bring the focus down. 
into five it's, years, three years, one year, 90 days. So we, like a funnel, right? Yeah. You could treat it like a funnel, but I like to break it down more simply. You start with a goal, break it down into a priority, and then break it down into tasks. So imagine a big pie. You know, everyone likes pie. We're big guys. We like yeah. pies. So a big pie, <laughs> maybe a pecan pie with yeah. extra cream and, and maybe some ice cream on the How side. How do you know I have a sweet tooth? <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> tell. Uh, but you, you could start with a big pecan pie and, and then you chop it up into a piece and that's your priority. And then you grab that piece and you break it into small chunks. Yeah. So bite-sized pieces. And what do you do? When I coach with? people on this stuff, I sometimes look at them and I go, Am I sounding really stupid? And they look at me like, No, this makes sense. And I'm thinking, Oh dear God, what am I doing? Right? And I'm like, come on, level up. And so people, as soon as they get that concept of how to chunk it, their results are exponential. One of the one of the best compliments that we get, and we track all of our customer data, we my we're growing our companies that we advise an average of 31% compounded annual growth, right? Now, when you consider that we've got $500,000 a year companies that turn over to $130 million, you start doing the math on that growth, right? My companies at the moment, I have one company, we're growing at 452% year on year. And it's very close to, I think this year, next financial year to qualify for the Australian Financial Review Fast 100. And based on the last couple of years, I reckon we make the top 20, which would be phenomenal, right? Like it's, but again, that didn't come from just a moment of genius. It was how do we solve a massive problem? And it's in the people industry, it's outsourcing. And it was like, how do we solve this huge problem where wages are going up, quality of people is coming down, there's a perfect global storm of vacancies in roles, how do we fill that gap? And we've done that and it's just scaling, right? Because it's all about systems and processes. I I always say to people, (laughs) business is not all sunshine and rainbows Mm. and you got to have a crack at it a few times. Not all people, I was never lucky enough to make a million on my first business. And sure, I did quite well. I, I didn't have a lot of failure initially. But that's because I was setting myself up for catastrophic failure. So I'm a big believer that you've got to fail often, and you've got to fail quick, and then you've got to learn from that. But yeah. Yeah, that's excellent, man. Like you, you shared so much information that actually inspired me to a next level. And I really appreciate you sharing all that. And I know the audience will also appreciate it because just to be honest, like you actually lost everything, right? And then you created back and some. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a significant improvement. I look, yeah. Jaheed, in between that, I've had in 2019, the chief editor of the biggest newspaper in the state decided to try and completely rip me apart, accusing me of my integrity. And I made an incorrect statement at a keynote event. Um, year, two years earlier or a year earlier and and f- it was a really interesting moment in my life because even after losing everything I thought that I dealt with I thought I dealt with the tall poppy syndrome issues I thought I dealt with the validation that I was seeking 
And in truth, I, I realized that I hadn't, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Everyone was like, wow, Christian, what have you done? Slept with a guy's wife. I said, last time I checked, he's not married. And no, that's not my style. I'm period. And that's how bad this was. Seven or eight articles across four or five weeks, front page. Oh yeah. Well, stating that I had played rugby for the national team. That was it. That was what I got smashed for. And look, it's, I can now talk about it really freely because it was what gave me, and I'm really grateful. And this is what I'm trying to say to you all. It's not about what they did. It's how you react to adversity that matters. And I want to go back to the mindset question at the beginning, because I think this is the most value that your listeners will get. And in fairness, I don't think I've ever spoken about this on anyone's podcast. And, oh, awesome. and I, just, I love no, getting I think these. We're really compelled to do so because we live in a world that is very cynical. Okay. We live in a world where the cream rises always to the top, but there's always someone prepared to tear it down. Right. And if you want to rise up, if you want to stand up, the only person you've got to stand up to is yourself. No one else. Right. You don't need to prove anything to anyone else. And no. The key is being true to yourself. Now, did I make a mistake? Of course I made a mistake. I own it. Was it a gigantic mistake in the scheme of things? Yes. But what came next? The destruction. The I lost a $3 million funding deal. Right, I had so many things that came through. Because if you see it in the paper, it's got to be true. And no one bothered to actually understand the context, except the people that went and read it went, hang on a minute. Why are you actually having a go at this guy? It doesn't actually make any sense. But here is where they failed. They failed to write about the press release the university had sent out about the fact that I assisted 66 startups to raise $189 million. So you could tell that it was a very structured attack without showing any other relevance. And for me, that's what I couldn't live with. I found, wow, I'm really being attacked. And this is what am I going to do? And that's when I made the decision to sell everything. So I'm actually really grateful because had I stayed with the bricks and mortar businesses during the during COVID, it probably would have wiped a couple of million dollars off my value. Instead, I was able to exit successfully, build a seven-figure advisory firm with very little cost, launch an international company that services all these people in outsourcing, drive two media companies, right? invest in two other gaming companies, drive out. So what I'm trying to show you to your listen, I'm not trying to impress them with all this stuff. It is not the circumstances that you find yourself in that define you. Yes. Okay? It's the choices and the decisions you make. Right? Now, I made a poor decision poor judgment on one side, right? Regardless whether it's an embellishment or I made an incorrect statement and I owned it. And the best part is it's how I owned it. And this is the mindset part. Instead of hiding, instead of running away, I doubled down. I was attacked for, I'm dyslexic and I have ADHD, medically diagnosed. The funny thing is, sorry to interrupt, but sorry. in the first five five minutes of our conversation, 
it, I felt something like that. Like I felt like there is something because I could relate to it personally. So when that, I just felt that I brushed it off and it's so funny that you just said that. Yeah. I now write for entrepreneur media and have a readership of 22 million people. That all came about because when this happened, I thought, how do I beat this? How do I play this game? And I started writing and I had never written before, but my professors at uni came to me and said, Hey, Christian, you should really start writing now. This is a really good time. And I was like, but this is why I'm getting criticized. So I started videos. This is the first time I started doing videos. And you got to remember, I got criticized for something I said on stage in front of seven, 800 people. So to beat the fear, my mindset was, okay, let's go out after this. Not to do anything to anyone else, for me. Soon it was a million views, then it, reading, reading, writing. I wrote my first article on growth mindset for Entrepreneur, I think it was in 2019, and it got something like 4,500 shares. Now, anyone who knows about media writing, that's ridiculous. And my editors were on the phone. They're like, hey, we're going to put your articles behind the paywall next. I'm like, don't do that. Even behind the paywall, it got 2,000 shares, the next article. And then I wrote a few more. And then I stopped. And I kept writing blogs and life got busy. But the message here to anyone, if you do not play outside your comfort zone, if you do not get uncomfortable and become comfortable with being uncomfortable, and you're not prepared to make mistakes, if you're not prepared to piss off people, you'll never grow. You'll never learn. Always do the right thing by people, and those people will always come in your defense. Christian, that's such an awesome point because I notice a dramatic shift in my world is that once I fell in love with me, and once I started appreciating me, I had that kind of drip over into everyone else. So I just serve and from love. And sometimes I say things, I make a mistake, all that kind of stuff. But it's coming from a good place to people. What they think of me, that part I remove before it was a big issue. Like I always was worried what they're going to think of me if I'm saying the next thing. Are they going to approve of it? Right? The people's approval syndrome. And I had that severe problem. Since I got rid of that, I now find the growth being incredible. And it seems much easier because now I'm not stressing about trying to please people. I'm just being honest and trying to serve. And whatever's coming my way is coming my way. And that's really awesome because you can see that you're authentic. And I think that's the best thing that I, it's one of the best qualities that you can find in people. And, and I always love to know what tipped you to, what, what got you closer to your authentic self? You know, it's something I'd love to, uh, what got you to that authentic self? What was the tipping? It was, it's definitely always something severe, right? It's an emotional impact that shifts paradigms one of the ways. But for me, it was COVID because I did have brick and board mortar businesses. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I didn't make that move beforehand. Mm. So my world was crashing down on me and I put me in a very bad state. I mentioned this in previous episodes, but it got me thinking about my wife, my kids and the house that we were living in everything, you know, what's going to happen now, right? That's when I started after the breakdown, I had a severe breakdown, anxiety attack, went to the hospital, five weeks sick. 
summary I'm just sharing. From there, I started searching for an answer. What's going on? And then that's when I came across some material. I started studying me, started becoming more self-aware. And that self-aware led to, there was a lot of blockages, obviously. I was getting in the way a lot. It extended the time it was taking, but I was kept fighting it, kept listening to my mentor, kept fighting, fighting. And I, the more self-aware I became, the more I started falling in love with me. I started falling in love with my inner world. And then I realized that, wait a minute, this is exactly the same with everyone else. Like I, so if I fell in love with me, I started falling in love with everyone else. And then it, it just keeps getting better and better from there. So now it's converting into things and not just people, right? So that love from there trans, transcends into this show. For example, when I actually meet with people like you and I talk to them, I don't script anything. I just from my heart and I just take it like that. And I enjoy my life that way too, because now I'm happy. I'm not trying to please people. I feel very grateful and happy at all times habitually. And I operate from that place, what brings me great joy in my life and then also better results. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think anyone listening will could sense that your lived experience is why you are who you are. And I think anyone that hasn't experienced adversity you can learn from others that have been there before you. You don't actually have to go through the adversity that you and I or other people have faced. You can build your muscle by acquainting and learning. Jim Rowan famously said, you're the sum of the five people you frequent the most. Yeah. And I think that that is, there's no truer statement. Because if you start to hang around with people who have built grit, have built resilience, have determination, have a growth mindset, you will flourish. And this is where I believe the podcast world really has allowed people to get close to that. And I think yes. it's wonderful that when I got, when I, when you invited me on the show, Tracy gave me the brief and she said, what do you think? I said, let's have a look what he talks about. And I jumped on and had a look. I said, yeah, yeah, I could do this. Because I get a lot of people who ask me and it's, no. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I just can't do it. And it's just, a, it's a time thing, right? It's not because I don't want to, but I get invited on some podcasts that have nothing to do with what I do. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know what you want from me. Sure, I've got a, I've got a good followership, fellow, a good audience, but I'm not anything fancy. I don't have one of those cool YouTube badges. My son is pa. You need to get a YouTube badge. I'm like, Leo, I need 100,000 people, man. I said, I've got like 40-odd thousand on LinkedIn, but that's, yeah. where, my, that's where my customers are. I, I wish I'd got onto YouTube many moons ago and I didn't. I wish I got onto Instagram early and I didn't. I got onto TikTok in the first week that it came out and never posted a video. I've missed the boat. So many platforms. Oh, look, mate, I've missed the boat, yeah. but it's never too late, man. Never. Yeah, I think I hit four and a half thousand Instagram followers and, and my team was like, Christian, four and a half. And I'm like, yeah, man, that, that sounds terrible. But you know what it is? And it is again, and I want to just touch on this social media trend that young people and people are obsessed with. The number of followers you have does not validate you. Okay. It's the number of customers that you generate from those followers yes. that feed you. I've got a really big philosophy that if you don't want to buy from me, don't follow me. 
If you want to listen to me, don't listen to me. There's plenty of other people you can go listen to and follow and buy from. But at the end of the day, engage with me and see what you can learn. That's mm. my message to everyone. I'm not your guru. I love Tony Robbins' mm. the Netflix movie that he did. I'm not your guru. And it's true. No, none of us are anyone's gurus. Like we, no. We're just out here sharing our stories with the world for anyone that wants to listen. But Providing you know, pointers. One, yeah. But one thing that I have learned in life is it doesn't matter how old you are. There is always something you can learn from someone regardless of their age. Like I do a lot of work Regardless. with children. Yeah, I've done a lot of mentoring work with children and supporting underprivileged kids. And I learned so much from them in terms of determination, in terms of grit, same you know, the lack of self-belief they have, the self-limiting beliefs. And, you know, there's nothing better than supporting someone who's got the whole world in front of them mm-hmm. and to help them achieve what they never thought was possible. And I think that's, for me and Lucy, that's one of the things we love to do, not just for our own children. Our children are white. They're privileged. My son more so because he's a white male boy. And I'm out there trying to always create diversity, equality, and inclusion. People will mm-hmm. say, oh, Christian, it's because you ha- have a daughter. I'm a champion of women, always have been. But really what it is, I'm actually not even gender-centric. It's I'm a champion of people, good people. My One of our values is taking people yes. from good to great. It's a ripoff of yes. Jim Collins' yes. book. Love it. It's, and I think, Shahid, if we all take that responsibility in this world, mm. you don't have to be a podcast a host. A, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You, you can be just the average person. Just be kind to people and, and inspire others to yeah. To, go from good to great. We live in a world that's so mediocre. We live in a world that everyone's wanting something from someone. Just give and the world will serve you. The universe works in mysterious ways. Whether you're religious, whether you're not, it doesn't really matter. The universe has been around a very long time. And one thing that we can't all deny, because the theory of relativity and everything else, we are all energy. Yeah. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. You start thinking about it and you say, okay, have the right mindset. Wake up with the right attitude. I don't know how many people you've met along your journey who always say, oh, I'm tired and I can't be bothered to get out of our bed. Oh, man. No man, I love waking up. I don't sleep a hell of a lot. I love it too. Isn't there nothing better than jumping out of bed, right? Putting your feet on the floor, taking a big, deep breath, and then yeah. running and starting the days with determination. And I say, and my kids, my poor wife, our kids are just like that. They wake up and they go. There's no sleeping in. There is, and it drives us crazy. But I kind of think to myself, how is it that people waste their whole time sleeping? Their whole life. It's good, Christian, man. It's amazing all the stuff that you shared and the way that you think is definitely something that you, is someone that goes through a transformation of some sort. Sometimes we call it like un, basically something that you get from your family growing up as well. Sometimes some people get it from something severe that happens, emotional impact in their life, then they decide. And I really liked what you said about you don't need to wait for that kind of stuff to happen. You can be proactive and make a decision that I'm going to change things. This is this the way I have my life. 
But if you just do a little analysis of the last three years, five years, 10 years, and you look at it, there is a potential that I could create a quantum leap. I do have the power within everything is energy and I am part of something beautiful and super. Why not take the leap and go and work with people like Christian and others that are out there actually putting their heart out there, being honest and genuine. You could see that he's not sugarcoating anything. I'm talking to the audience now. I got to divert yeah. it. You have to see that that you could tell, right? You could just tell the words are one way to communicate with each other, but the vibrations of an individual speak so much louder, right? You could go into a room and boom, you feel when someone is off, you could be at home, your spouse, right away, you enter the room, the house, and you feel like, oh, shoot, what is going on? What happened? So this is all energy, all vibrations. We're part of something very special. You cannot look at your life in limitations. You're here to create. So create, do good for other human beings, do good for nature. I really definitely appreciate, Christian, your time today to come on our show. I'm honored what you said about how, you know, you decided to come on this show because, you know, without guests and without people that are making a difference in the world coming on this show, it, it, it defeats the purpose of what we do here as well, right? Because it's not just about me sharing my thoughts all the time. We're all connected. We're all one. If we come in and come on a show, you sharing your story, your beautiful story, what you went through and what you're doing now, if it can impact even one person's life, that's our job is done, right? So love it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate and you I, coming on. I really love that because that's yeah. my purpose has always been to impact one person at a time and i've always got to start with me and when you said that me i'm too. like this is like my brother from toronto yeah, here. nuts so <laughs> i'm gonna make you a promise because we're we're opening a business in vancouver i know that no one likes the rest of canada doesn't like vancouver but oh, i love everyone <laughs> we've decided to open up in vancouver first but when i do come down i think well, i'm due to be there in in july i gotta to go to hawaii to speak at Perfect. an event and then I've got to be in LA. So what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll reach out to you and we'll uh, be cool. No, I'll love that. I'll even love though, that even though you're, you're, you're far away, we'll, fi we'll find a way to, no, definitely, to hang out. Definitely. And we'll keep it we'll keep in touch on social media as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll follow man. your pages. I'll send you a DM. That way we have that line of communication. And yeah, I would love to grow uh, together, help people. If there's any events where we can I can serve, if there's anything yeah. on my side, I'll definitely reach out to you. Because I cherish genuine, I cherish yeah. real, and I definitely got that from you. Again, thank you so much for your time, audience. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us in this awesome episode. Definitely check out Christian's information in the show notes. Help us share the episode with loved ones, anyone that need it, that needs the help, or sometimes. People don't even realize they need the help. It's just some new information, new ideas, new inspirations that can completely shift the path that they're on. And just by being out there and sharing, making a difference that one person at a time, you feel that fulfillment automatically. That actually proves that everything is connected. Love you guys. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thank you so much, Christian. My pleasure.